Listening Dog Media. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Offside Rule. We get it. Brought to you by a Wolves fan, a Manchester United fan, and a Liverpool fan. Hello there, this is the Offside Rule podcast. We get it. The second of the brand new football season. Lindsay Hooper returns, joined by Hayley McQueen, but no Kate Borsay. There's always going to be one of us missing. That's right. The trio is down to just the gruesome twosome at the moment. Can we still call it the new Premier League season a few games in? I'll probably be calling it new until about Christmas. I still don't feel like I'm ready for it. It's here and I'm like, oh, I'm still enjoying my summer. Finally, the weather has decided to come out and greet us with... A bit of British summertime and I just feel like football season's come too soon, Lindsay, especially with you working on the Olympics, of course, which is why you have been missing. I have been missing and that's why I'm calling it the new football season because I missed the first two round of games, a week and a half late to the party for the first time ever in my career, can I say. But yeah, back in sunny London where the weather is better than Brazil, trying to catch up and Hayley McQueen being quite cruel here, knowing that I've been out of action has given us a bit of a theme of missing. So what Lindsay missed whilst I was away you've got a hit or miss quiz for me I do and it's just going to educate you so all the little facts and stats that you need to know about that really important one and a half weeks I'm going to make sure that you know so you can play along as well when you're listening to the podcast yeah you can get me up to date because I have to say my head was down in gymnastics and hockey very rarely coming up for breath to see any football I did see a couple of bits and that will have inspired another topic which we'll come to I'm going to go on to topic number two after we've had our little quiz and ding dong a year missing Gone missing. That's going to be our next theme because suddenly I come back this season, Eden Hazard firing on all cylinders, looking fantastic. Yeah, exactly. Whereas those who were kind of on the flip side last season, your Vardy's and your Kane, they started the season missing, didn't they? Vardy's actually finally scored, though. Did you yeah. know that? Did you yeah, know? I did know that. Uh, Harry Kane's not scored yet, though. Yeah. 
same thing happened last season, yeah. didn't it? Hazard, there is a different yeah. kettle of fish altogether Ooh. because last season he just decided, even though he's still playing for Chelsea, you know what, I'm going to take a little sabbatical here. I'm going to go missing for a season and then I'm going to show everyone what I can do under Conte. Mm-hmm. He's had a bit of a guided dig at Mourinho as well, saying about how Conte knows because he's played football. Did you pick mm-hmm. up on that? I did. That was very interesting. I thought that was quite veiled. And then we'll come on to topic number three, which is what have we missed? Transfer deadline day on Wednesday. This podcast recorded just before that big shift that you have to do on Sky Sports News, Hayley, which you're looking forward to. Yeah, all through the evening, Jim White and Kate Abdo until about one in the morning. And then I have to be at the airport at 4am to fly to Rome for a wedding. So um, midweek is going to be interesting for transfer deadline day. However, there is still plenty for us to talk about regarding Mm. it because quite a few transfers slipped under the radar. I'm going to give you an example of one that I did spot in Brazil and I was like, what? And it's inspired us to think about different players that have moved or have been let go and you might not have clocked it. And those are our topics for this week. I'm Gary Neville and you're listening to The Offside Rule. So for me, being back in the UK now, I have missed the start of the new Premier League season. I'm going to keep calling it the new Premier League season. New Premier League logo. Do you like it? I do actually like it. I think it's quite cool. I've got used to it. I didn't like it when they put all the different four versions of the logos and the colours together. It kind of looked like a kid's project at school oh let's try and design a new logo and we've got this lovely kind of lion's head but when you see it used separately I think it's actually quite cool it's quite slick it's very modern it's given me a whole new headache for uh, girly reasons girly alert um, when I'm out working for the Premier League outfits I now have four different coloured mic cubes to choose oh. from with the lion's head and you're like is it going to clash do I choose red because I'm at Arsenal what, what do you do in these circumstances what colour do I choose you know, that's a big decision to make, Lindsay. <laughs> it is, it is. Thankfully, when I'm reporting for the Beeb, I don't have to have these decisions to make. What we're going to talk about then is what I've missed or what we think I've missed. I'll be upfront and honest. I watched the Arsenal-Liverpool game on a feed whilst I was meant to be working. <laughs> Let's hope people aren't listening who I was working for in Brazil. I managed to just keep an eye on it because I knew that would have been my game had I been here. I would have yeah. been covering Arsenal-Liverpool. Seven goals. So I really got into it then and I started really missing football and then I caught a bit of Middlesbrough we'll come on to that because they're your team and you're now really torn because you've got Manchester United and Middlesbrough playing in the Premier League in fact I'm going to put you on the spot what are you doing in this situation they play each other who do you support it's really tough well you probably have to say Middlesbrough with them being the underdog but I really want Man United to win the league this season Middlesbrough obviously for those listening you're all laughing at me going you're such a girl you have two football teams seriously but born in Manchester of course so I'm allowed that one and they have been my team since birth when my dad was associated with the club but Middlesbrough are my hometown team my dad also worked for the club and has worked for the club for 15-20 years since kind of the you know the mid-90s in some capacity and that's where my family still lives so that yeah they're my hometown team so it was safe when they were in the championship but they were Manchester United's bogey team for many many years I saw a little bit of them and they actually inspired the third topic that we come to with who's gone missing because I just was like Brad Guzan is in the Middlesbrough goal when did that happen so I have missed things I know I've missed things I was trying to keep across as much as possible but Hayley's taking over because she thinks that she can bring me up to speed yes right here we go we're going to start this quiz who scored the first goal of the new Premier League season okay so I know that the game's Leicester Hull and I know that Hull went on to win. And I'm not sure whether it was Mares who scored first or Diamande. 
scored for Hull. They were really close together, those goals. Mm-hmm. Ah. OK, I'm going to say because Hull, they won 2-1, didn't they? Let's go with Hull then. Like, Diamande maybe just scored before Mares did or something. It is Diamande. And it was the 46th minute, well, 45 plus one. And Mares was a penalty. 47 minutes, oh, yeah. He scored on 40, on 47. So there you go. So that the first half goal for Hull and then straight after the break, Mara's equalised, but it was Snodgrass for Hull who got them the win. So that was a penalty, Lindsay. But how many penalties have there been in the games that we've seen so far in the Premier League? In the Premier League, there have been quite a few because Stoke definitely have had one. There's been this furore about the refereeing decisions. Mike Dean likes giving a penalty, hasn't he? Oh, yeah. I'm going to say seven penalties. It's actually been nine. Oh. Yeah, two for Arsenal already. And actually, they've already won the same amount of penalties this season already than they did the whole of last season. I had to commentate through one of them on the BBC on Saturday, which I didn't realise. I thought they'd actually gone away from me and were coming back and then realised, no, they're still on me. And there's Santi Cathola still with the ball in his hands looking like he's never going to take this kick. Me thinking, how much can I say about Santi Cathola and the fact that Meza Ozil's back for his first game of the season? But yes, seeing... I'd forgotten about the own penalty I had in my match at the weekend. So I would have probably said eight had I remembered that one, but nine. You didn't. You said seven and it's nine. So yeah, you've got Mares. Hazard scoring in that win over West Ham. Ibrahimovic, loving him. Aguero and Bojan Kirkic for Stoke City. Yep, Cathorla. Missed ones. Missed penalties as well. It's just converted penalties. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Cathorla, Jermaine Defoe, and James Milner as well. Okay. Now, we've missed Kate Borsay's birthday, haven't we? Yeah. It was her birthday last week, so hopefully you'll be listening, Kate. Happy birthday to you. We'll celebrate when you come back. But something was brought to our attention when you worked on the Olympics about birthdays. Mo Farah, Sir Chris Hoy, Steve Redgrave, Jason Kenny, Roger Bannister and a couple of other random sportsmen, Joe Calzaghe and Mike Atherton, all celebrated their birthday on the same day. Different years, 23rd of March. Can you tell me who celebrates their birthday... On the same day as Ronaldo. Now, we've done this in another topic. We've done this in a topic before in the podcast. There are a few very well-known footballers who also celebrate their birthdays on a particular day. Big name footballers. The 23rd of March is the date for Olympians. The 5th of February is the date of Cristiano Ronaldo's birthday. But who else does he share a birthday with? Any ideas? Ronaldo, it was some big players, and it's February. One of these might be our players that went missing a little bit later. Big name. Hazard. Played for the same team as Ronaldo when he was in England. Rooney. No. <laughs> Let me tell you. I just found this fascinating. Neymar. Tevez. That's who I was aiming Tevez. for. Yeah, Tevez. Tevez. Jordan Rhodes. Adnan Yanazai. Patrick Roberts has a birthday on the same day as well as David Sullivan and uh, Michael Sheen, who played Brian Clough. Just a bit of a random one. I thought it was a good way of wishing Kate a happy birthday and, and getting a bit of a football theme in there as well. And I've realised I'm not so good with footballers' birthdays. Yeah. yeah. Right. Who saw the first red card in the Premier League? I'm going to go with, I don't think it was him, but I'm going to go with Ryan Shawcross wasn't it was actually Ben Watson it was in the 1-1 draw between Southampton and uh, Watford he denied Shane Long a goal scoring opportunity and pretty much hold him to the ground red card off so yep that's the first red so these are good you know answers and questions for pub quizzes who's the unluckiest footballer in the league so far not just the Premier League in all leagues in Britain 
How are you defining unlucky in terms of they've given away penalties and... I'll tell you what they've done. Scored three own goals and was given a red card in his final two appearances in the championship before making a move. So he's just made a move. See, I would have said that Sebastian Prudel is pretty unlucky at Watford <laughs> from watching him and the way he gave a penalty at the, away at the weekend and was lucky to still be on the pitch at one point. A player that moved away... It's Shane Duffy. Time ah. for Brighton. Yeah, so he's hoping to make amends. I mean, that is bad luck, isn't it? That is pretty much a stinker. Yeah. yeah. Right, what was so unusual about Liverpool's possession in their defeat to Burnley? They had 26 attempts on goal. Don't know how many were on target, but they had 26 shots. What was unusual about this game? Did they have some ridiculously high percentage of possession, so it went over 70%? Correct. They had 81% possession. They're the only team on record, as far as the Opta stats go back, thank you Opta, 13 years, to have ever had that amount of possession and not won the game. That is, that is good, isn't it? Yeah. Now, Hull, what a start Hull have had. Mm. They're only the second promoted team ever to win back-to-back games upon their return to the Premier League. Who was the other team? Back-to-back wins. Having been promoted from the Championship to the Premier League, which was the other team to do it. It was quite a way back. And they're now in League One. They're now in League One. Bolton, 2001-2002. Back-to-back wins and have since plummeted down the league so maybe Hull won't take much from this but it took them seven more games before Bolton actually got a win after those back-to-back wins but they did beat Leicester and Middlesbrough and then they took on Liverpool as well so they had three wins in a row and then they went on a, a bit of a run of draws and defeats and they finished the season just outside the relegation zone and then got relegated the season afterwards. What is quite intriguing about the Hull situation at the moment is They've got a depleted squad. They're actually down on numbers. Mike Phelan's having, I think it was something like 13 or 14 fully fit players to choose from. And it's sort of what happened with Leicester when they went on their charge last season. They didn't have the big depth in squad. And I wonder whether footballers feel a little more secure in the knowledge that they're probably going to be on the team sheet starting, whether that helps. Sometimes competition isn't always healthy. The odds are so stacked against them. They're just like, well, we've just got to go out and give it a try anyway. And it just happens to have worked. And probably the situation that the club find themselves in, sometimes that can help with the team spirit because you do all come together because you're all facing this huge mess. Mike Freeland, is a, he'll be a brilliant manager and hopefully they will keep him on as manager, give him the job permanently and just give him a bit of a chance. Right, who is top of La Liga right now? Oh, well, I know that Atletico haven't had the greatest start. Maybe they should have got Diego Costa back, eh? <laughs> I think it's probably going to go an edge to the Champions League winners, Real Madrid. So Real Madrid and Barcelona, they're up there, but Las Palmas. No! Who? Are, yeah, who? What? Yeah, Las Palmas. Yeah, unexpectedly beaten Villarreal, which was a third consecutive win in their La Liga scene. They've scored nine goals as well. They put four past Valencia, five past Granada. Pretty amazing that they're up there. So what's happening in the Premier League is almost being mirrored in La Liga, kind of unexpected. But then you, it's funny, isn't it? At the moment, it is shaping up. You've got Chelsea up there and you have United and City. Just as in La Liga, you've got Barcelona and Real Madrid, but this kind of a little unexpected one just thrown in for a little bit of fun. Now, what is so special about Kane Wilson? It would, he would have made history if he'd have come off the bench in the game between West Brom and Middlesbrough. Someone's already done it. Callum Styles, 
who is a striker for Berry, already became the first to get this record. But Kane Wilson would have got the record in the Premier League. What could it be? Being the youngest player to come off the bench? Almost. You're nearly there. He would have been the first Premier League footballer to have been born after the turn of the millennium. So when we were nearing our 20s, going out, (laughs) probably at university, definitely having finished sixth form, in my case, someone was being born and very recently about to play in the Premier League, earning tens of thousands of pounds a week. Doesn't that make you feel old? It does. And do you know that there's a player within Buffon's side that is playing in the first team that was born after 1997 when he made his debut? I know that. Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? That is very weird. A couple of stats from Opta uh, about City and United. So I'm loving, obviously, this rivalry. There's always been that rivalry there, but they're now new rivalry between the two managers. And they're kind of outdoing each other, aren't they, already so far this season? You've got Mourinho, who's the first Man United manager to win his opening four competitive games in charge of the club. So that is special. Then Pep Guardiola is the first Man City manager to win the opening five competitive games in charge of a club. So there we have it. That's still going along nicely. And there's plenty more I could give you in this quiz, but I think we'll end it there because we've got the important bits out the way. You've definitely helped me and I don't feel like I've missed anything now. I feel completely up to speed with what's been going on whilst I was in Rio in an air-conditioned building for a long amount of time. Um, We're going to move on to topic number two. The female take on football. Continuing the missing theme, we're going to talk about gone missing. I've already alluded Eden Hazard at Chelsea. What on earth happened last year? He was playing, but he wasn't really engaging his feet from his brain. He was deciding, you know what, I'll just have a bit of a doze here for a bit. Sabbatical year, we'll call it. But he's back and he's looking tremendous. So I'm wondering who else has done this? Who else has done a Hazard? They've gone missing for a year come back and really impressed players that have been talked about and I'm thinking that the jury's still out on a couple of players who could be doing this this season who did it last season as well to join Hazard's club so I'm going to throw in to start Raheem Sterling was he missing last season I think with him it was probably the fact that he wasn't being coached like he's being coached now under Pep I think Pellegrini had taken his foot off the gas he knew he was leaving the club and I think Pep Guardiola being the coach the hands-on coach that he is um, Raheem Sterling's getting those benefits but certainly you could say he wasn't really around last season and has started so well this season. Do you think that's the same with Conte then, with Hazard? I think Hazard and Mourinho, they'd not seen eye to eye. There's definitely things behind the scenes. One that I can't explain as much with the manager-player relationship is Ross Barkley. He wasn't really around last season. I thought that he did well to get the England call-up, to be honest, last year. And this year start of the season and Sam Allardyce has announced his first England squad and I thought the one player that I think should maybe be there is Ross Barkley given his current form playing under a manager like Koeman so Ross Barkley could have also had a year off last year it might have just been in the year that Leicester City ran away to the title the year that a lot of big players just decided you know what, I'll have a bit of a snooze for this one Luke Shaw he went missing didn't he but that was unfortunately due to injury so September nearly a year ago Um, He injured himself in the game against PSV. Horrific double leg break. It was absolutely awful. But getting called up to the England squad, he's back. And not only that, 
He's learning to drive as well. I forgot he was, he's only 21. I was thinking, oh, 23, 24. No, he's, he's young. He's going to be amazing at Manchester United. I think it's such a shame he's had to sit and watch from the sidelines. But now he's got Mourinho. He's given him his chance. He's obviously playing in games already. He's back to full fitness. He's about to pass his driving test. Fingers crossed he does that. He's learning to drive in a lovely, swanky, black, pimped-up uh, Range Rover. But good for him. He deserves it. And um, fingers crossed. He's had to postpone not only his football career, but also learning to drive so his mum's probably been dropping him off at training in the morning he's had to do his car share what a shame but yeah he's gone missing let's hope that he comes back and is a regular in the England side as well Either that or he's been doing an uber pool. Freddie Lundberg going back in time. Now, he was key to Arsenal's Invincibles era and was such a good player, majestic midfielder. Then goes to West Ham, goes completely missing, comes back again. He was one of those players after Arsenal. He often had a year, year where he was there, year where he was missing. Another player, current player, who I think has that sort of consistency imbalance is Wayne Rooney. You know, he'll have one season where he'll score over 20 goals, another season where he's really struggling out of position and coming back to this season as well another player that I think is already missing probably will be missing for the rest of the season if something doesn't happen in this transfer window before Wednesday Yaya Toure he's just going to sit on the bench and take the money show me the money yeah so I have got I mean Pep he had a bit of a break didn't he then came back into football with the plum so I don't think it does managers harm to take a little bit of time out. Roberto Martinez maybe didn't take as much time out as he'd have, he'd have liked having left Everton, but enjoyed a bit of time with his family. He became a dad just a, a couple of years ago for the first time and is now obviously working with the Belgian national team. Along with Thierry Henry as an assistant. So that's a, that's a bit different. But anyway, I think that they'll be great, really nice pairing, and I'm sure they'll do very well on the break did him good. So Thierry Henry, he never really had a break from football, but you can't really call working for Sky Sports a break. Or can you? (laughs) I don't know. Um, You tell me. You're the one that works there. Definitely not. Jose Mourinho, what about him when he did take a break back in 2007? What were his thoughts on his sabbatical? He went, a break? Me? Never. I did it in 2007. I enjoyed it until December. That was fine. I went to Japan for a testimonial, to Russia for another testimonial. Then uh, Christmas I spent in Brazil in the summer with my kids, but I was in deep trouble in January. I couldn't wait for my next job. So he's pretty much saying he would never take a sabbatical again and is warning anyone against it. It was very frustrating and awful. I'll go abroad for my next couple. Um, Charisma. I was really excited about him as a player for a while. Sporting, Barcelona, Inter Milan... Now he's doing very well at Porto again, but he had that plummet. He had a season down and then it took him off the radar of what you would deem to be bigger, better players. Um, Same can be said with the best goal I've ever seen live was from James Rodriguez in the World Cup in Brazil. Yeah, him. What's happened to him? He's not being given the game time and he is a player that unlike Marcus Rashford, who I think could do well coming off the bench, Hamas Rodriguez needs the game time. He needs to be doing 80 minutes plus every single game in order to be at his best. And he's not getting that opportunity, Real Madrid. So could Hamas Rodriguez go missing for another season? I don't know, but he's been missing for a while. And I'm going to throw one more in, and this is bringing it back to England and a player that is foreign that we know very well over here. Hatton Ben Arthur is an epitome of that he has a season where he flies everyone thinks he's so special and then a season where he goes absent any more for any more or are we going to move on we've got Mark Schwarzer as well obviously getting a winner's medal at Leicester winning the Premier League but he's he's kind of gone missing as in he didn't really appear much in that season did he at all 
and at the age of 43, maybe you'd think he'd retire. Well, he's, he's taking a little break at the moment. He's doing quite a lot of media work. I was working with him at Premier League Productions just recently, and he was an excellent pundit. I absolutely loved it. There was lots of goalkeeping talk as well, because there have been lots of changes. It was all the talk of Joe Hart at the time, so he gave me his opinion on that. But he said he'd actually still like to go and play for a club. So he hasn't ruled out playing again, but he's just going to take a little break. But I don't know, as a goalkeeper, at the age of 43, he'll be 44 in October this year, it's very wise to take too long out, because how on earth do you get back into it? And once you've had the luxury of media work, where you're fed blue M&Ms every day and you know, waited on hand and foot, how do you get back to you know having to to train like a beast and do you know he got the tube to Leicester he used to get the tube and the train imagine getting up in the morning and seeing Mark Schwarzer heading off to training on the tube yeah he really did he really did hi I'm Matt Letitia and you're listening to the offside rule three girls talking about football and this one, Hayley McQueen, is what have we missed? Big day for you, Looming. Transfer deadline day. You know what? I've opted out of this one. I got booked for something else. So if this is going to be my first transfer deadline day, I'm going to miss for a while. Not that I've ever had a riveting time of it. I was at Arsenal last time. Nothing happened. Time before I was at QPR. Had a lovely bacon and egg sandwich, courtesy of the chef. Nothing happened. So I don't think I'll be missing all that much, although it does look like it's going to be a busier time of it. Would you agree? Well, we'll soon see. We're sitting here about to enter into the the final day of deadline day with the record-breaking amounts yet again, but most of the big deals have already been done. But you guys listening already know what's happened, so you're probably laughing at us. You're sitting there going, nothing's going to happen, we know nothing happened, hopefully. So we've got one day, nine hours, 32 minutes and 16 seconds as we record record this Mm. to the big event itself, so that should be good fun. Well, if anything dramatic does happen, we might pick up on it in the next podcast in two weeks' time, because we are now fortnightly, hopefully you've picked up on that. Do keep across our website, though, as well, for all the transfer deadline day activity, offsiderulepodcast.com and our Twitter feed, because the Twitter guys do such a good job every single transfer deadline day you will not miss a thing speaking of missing at offside rule pod on twitter what we're going to do is the under the radar transfers because i think that's a safe thing for us to do with the window not officially closed because there's some deals that have gone on and you're just like what when did that happen i didn't hear about it Hayley mcqueen didn't tell me over my television this is the way that i'm feeling when i was uh, when i was in rio i tuned in and saw brad guzan in the middlesbrough goal and was like what it made me think about other under the radar transfers that happened this window it doesn't have to necessarily be to a club it could be players that people don't realize have been let go as well Uh, what do you have so i remember discussing this move the next best thing when he signed for arsenal in 2010 a much coveted striker had a good start at arsenal drifted out of the team went on loan west ham signed for crystal palace only scored seven goals in a couple of seasons yeah gone released so he's he arrived with a bang and has just gone completely under the radar. Nothing came of him. Bit of a shame. He scored 79 goals in eight seasons in France. He hadn't been prolific at Bordeaux, but Arsene Wenger saw him as somebody that could offer him what he didn't have and obviously help with with the Champions League and, and invest in him. Bit of a plan B, you could say. It didn't work. Hasn't worked at any club he's ever really played for. And he's, yeah, released, gone. Goodness knows where he's going to end up. So, yeah. Bye-bye, Marouane Shamak. I'm going to go with Alex Song because quite key to West Ham in the last couple of seasons. Um, I know that he doesn't play a lot, but when he does, he has a huge influence on the game. Still very talented. And he's just gone to Ruben Kazan this window. Did you even notice this, that Alex Song had gone? Probably not. No. 
Yeah. I did know that Graziana Pella had gone, though, to the Chinese Super League, but let's just remind you. I wonder why you noticed that one, Hayley. Yeah. Do you remember when he came in? I was like, this guy is far too good looking. He's going to be a flop at Southampton. He's not going to score goals. This is never going to happen. And um, yeah, he's, he's in his 30s, so he's probably just thinking, you know, again, show me the money. He's been called greedy. And I can see why there is a lot of criticism on a player going to the Chinese Super League. But I can also see why, at his age, in the last couple of years of playing, why the hell not? It was another, I guess you could say, solid season that he had at Southampton. Certainly not as good as the season before, however, when he made his debut. But he had a brilliant Euros with Italy. He scored important goals against Spain and Belgium as well, made their way to the quarterfinals. He had a great tournament. He should still be playing, in my opinion, for a big club in Europe, if not the Premier League in Europe. Bit weird that he has gone to the Chinese Super League, but maybe not weird when you think of the tens of millions of pounds that he's going to earn by doing that. And I think a bit like the MLS players head out there to kind of retire, the same is happening with the Chinese Super League. So they're all just going to disappear off and learn Cantonese for a little while. And that's what beckons from quite a few players next season as well, I'm sure. Speaking right now as we record this, the big transfers, you'd say, wouldn't you? Ibrahimovic, John Stones, N'Golo Kante would be up there. Uh, Mustafi and Perez going to, to Arsenal. Xhaka at Arsenal. The, there have been some big names that everybody will go, yeah, I remember hearing about that transfer. That got my interest. Probably didn't get your interest. Is Stephen Pienaar going to Sunderland? <laughs> But there you go. He's gone to Sunderland and he's going to try his, his damnedest. He's probably not going to be earning £260,000 a week like Graziana Pelle, but he's going to enjoy life in the northeast, that's for sure. One man who's retired, Tony Hibbert. One club man, Aww. one club hero, just gone without a song and dance, just released. And we've got who else? Mohamed Salah. Actually, this is a good bit of business. Didn't do much for Chelsea. They bought him for £12 million from Basel. And they've sold him for £11 million. So they got their money back. He's gone to Roma. That's not bad. Serge Nabry. I mean, that's not officially been confirmed, I don't think. But, you know, go, going to Bayern Munich. Don't you think that's good business for Arsenal? Yeah, good move for him as well, I think. Yeah. Um, I'm going to finish with um, a player that I think many people, certainly around the West Midlands area, will be thinking good riddance. He had a horror show last season. Um, he went down with Aston Villa as their captain. He tweeted from his pocket. He was inappropriate with quite a few little tweets and things. I think riling fans up the wrong way with how much money he has. And now he's taken a money move abroad. But a lot of people waving him off at the airport, I think. Jolian Lescott to AEK Athens. Not much made of it because I think many people just thinking, let him go, do his thing. Um, I think we're pretty much there, aren't we? We've wrapped up. We've done the missing theme and I think we've really extracted everything we can out of it. Absolutely. So hopefully next time there won't be one of us three missing and we will be reunited, the three of us, for the third podcast of the new Premier League season. It's still going to be new by then, isn't it, Lindsay? Yeah, and we're just we're literally just crawling into this season. But bear with us because we are going to get right back into a rhythm of things and there will be some guest names appearing on the podcast this season. One of the reasons we've made it fortnightly is so that we can incorporate a big guest we're thinking you know when you watch Loose Women and they introduce the man onto the show and he comes in we're thinking like this this is going to be the theme um, just to remind you then to keep across all of our social media platforms you can get updates for Transfer Deadline Day this week and everything else around it as well all the news around the weekend's games at Offside Rule Pod on Twitter uh, follow our website for brand new football content every day we have a feature the Offside Rule Daily where there's things that you will not know about in football believe it or not there is always something 
something in there that I've not seen. That's offsiderulepodcast.com. We've got a Facebook page, The Offside Rule, so give us a like there and you'll get updates. We're going to try and do more video as well across the YouTube channel, Offside Rule TV. And we will be back as a trio. Is it next time we're going to be back as a three? Although I've got a couple of holidays coming up. Oh my gosh. I know. I say holidays, weddings abroad, weddings abroad. Join us next time, and I'm sure there's going to be lots for us to talk about as the next couple of weeks unfold. Follow us on Twitter at Offside Rule Pod and like our page on Facebook. Simply type in the Offside Rule We Get It. There's only one of us. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.